the first part of the show, as always, I just get, give you a little bit of an opportunity just to, to vamp a little bit, talk a little bit about yourself and your background. And it's a really interesting background. So I am going to push a little bit on a couple of bits. I, yeah, want, yeah, of course. I think it's interesting for people to know. Um, and it's probably a more familiar story than um, than we would imagine. So I, I think it's really important to get into. So yeah. um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I teach yoga, um, but it wasn't something that I ever thought I would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Growing up, I always wanted to do fashion. Um, that was kind of my life's plan. Um, so went to uni, did all of that, but I really struggled with mental health, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly anxiety, but also depression. I think both of them come hand in hand with each other. But, yeah, that was a really hard time growing up. I think I struggled with that since I was about 12, 13. Wow. Um, And that took a while to get my head around. Um, And I remember the first time you go into the doctors or anything like that, they say, you know, you need to go and do some exercise. But honestly, Stu, I hated exercise. Really? Yeah. All throughout school, I didn't want to get hot, I didn't want to get sweaty, yeah. didn't look forward to it. So when the doctor said that to me, I was like, really, you want me to go and More do some anxiety. exercise? Yeah. yeah, and I didn't want to go into the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started really small. My dad took me to the gym, showed me how to use absolutely everything there, and every week we would go and do a gym workout together. Um, and then it got me into going to classes, and from there my love for it just spiralled mm-hmm. and yeah, I remember the conversation of, Mum and Dad, this is what I want to do. I yeah. think that they were really shocked. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's good because once you find that, it, it's, it becomes... It's a story I hear quite a lot, obviously, with, with training people. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's kind of whether it's... I always say we've got two real demographics. And one is kind of college and school and, and university leavers that want to get into the industry um, or career change. Yeah. And... It's a story I hear over and over with career changes. I I started doing a bit of exercise, you know, just because of whatever. It might be a bit of weight loss or doctor told me high blood pressure or whatever. And then suddenly I fell in love with it and I'm desperate to get other people to to fall in love with it. And it's an industry that seems to attract that, which is good. Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in terms of, of, of that, going into the mental health side, you're at university. Where were you? I was in Winchester. Okay, so it's a fair way from home. Yeah. Um, I lived away for the first year and a half, Mm -hmm. but I say that very loosely because I would come home from a Thursday until until a Sunday. So I would come home as much as I possibly could Mm -hmm. because university just wasn't right for me. Mm -hmm. That whole kind of space wasn't the right sort of vibe. And I'm such a home bunny that, yeah, I just found it really difficult. And I think dealing with anxiety as well at the time, that made it even more challenging. So I was lucky that I took my car with me so I could just come home. Yeah. Um, and then the halfway through the second year and my third year, I decided to commute. It saved me quite a lot of money, um, which was always a plus. Yeah. And also it meant that I got to still be at home. Yeah. So that was good. But I think looking back on it, if I went back to uni now, it would be a totally different story. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. not only what you study, but your outlook on it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's got that's got to be fairly common. Mm. Um, I think back to you know to to being at university and the I think the it's it's so there's so much stimulation in terms of first time away from home probably. Yeah. Um, on your own, doing your own theoretically your own bills and mm. whatever in terms of like some of it's 
really handed to you but you know you need to still do those things you've got to go and get a tv license for the first time or whatever it is which no one's prepared you for really yeah just baked beans and realizing how expensive cheese is yeah (laughs) yeah like god no appreciation for my parents yeah but it's a weird it's a very weird environment and suddenly you have to think about all of that you might have a part-time job as well studies all the rest Mm -hmm. of it and it's normally as well the first time kind of off the leash so you go mad with yeah. going out every night and whatever. So I think if you were to able to go to university at sort of 24 and do something like that, you, your outlook, even in those few years, has changed completely. Yeah. And you probably do a way better job of it. You probably make better choices in terms of what courses you're going to do anyway. Mm-hmm. You know yourself a little bit better by then. Yeah. Um, so And you've, you've been in some situations where you've probably been tested a bit yeah, where you might not have. experience, isn't it? Yeah. Like- yeah, it, it, and you're supposed to, especially now, you're supposed to make those decisions at 16, 17 so years young. old, so young, and you feel old enough at that point, mm. but when you look back on it, you're not, um, and now it's worth even more money every year, yeah. so you've got to make a £40,000 decision yeah. at 17 so years yeah, old. it's crazy. It's mad. So in, ter- in terms of that then, you, you go off, and you're at university, and, and you were already struggling a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. even when you first got there. Absolutely, yeah. So what was, did you ever get to root cause, where my anxiety came from, where the depression came from, and, and how did it kind of manifest for you? So it all really spiralled from when I was in school. Um, I got bullied, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of people, unfortunately, do experience growing up. Like, kids can be really mean. Yeah. Um, and... Anxiety for me just spiralled from that. I started to get really fearful of going into large groups of people or being around a whole load of people that I didn't know. I would overthink the situation, and it was just a really hard time. But then going on to college, the anxiety kind of came out in a way that I couldn't get onto public transport. Oh, wow. Um, I struggled with getting the bus to college. I would have panic attacks and anxiety attacks on the bus. So then going to uni, it was like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to get the train or something to uni. Mm. But I couldn't do that. So luckily, um, the therapist that I was seeing at the time helped me out and I was able to take my car with me. But it's just how it completely spiralled. And I think going into university where it is that uh, similar to school, um, it made me really hyper aware of my surroundings and I guess... I kind of went in with this shield up that was like, I've been in this situation before, I've been bullied before, Mm. I just think it's going to repeat itself. And my brain just keeps telling me that, so it just keeps going and going and going um, until you just can't handle it anymore. And, yeah. Wow. Again, I I know it's it's probably not comfortable to Mm. talk uh, about, but I think it, it probably is something that people have if not experienced to that extent, probably, you know, know someone that has had this sort of issue Mm. and stuff like that. And I think it's a real, nowadays especially, it's so much, it's so much more understood that people have these things to deal with. Um, And I think it used to be, well, if I can't see anything wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with you. And it's not like that anymore, which is fantastic. Um, But again, you know, I think we say about being too young, being 17, 18, 19 and being at university, there is a difference between being that and 13. Mm. So, you know, so you kind of get away in your head, you get away with a lot more at 13. I can yeah. say whatever I want to this person, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, whereas when you're a little bit older, you're more accountable, you're a bit more aware. You've probably 
been on the receiving end of that sort of stuff mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. as well. So you're probably less likely to experience that. But if that's already set in your mind that that's going to carry on happening, yeah. um, did you did you manage to make like friendship groups at university? Yeah, you were I outgoing did. enough. Yeah, I Good. did. I felt really lucky in that sense. Um, my second year moving into a uni house with a whole group of girls was very interesting. Yeah. Um, and that was a bit testing at times, if I'm completely honest. I didn't have the best time for the kind of last half of my university experience. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, that's natural. We were all under a lot of stress mm. and pressure with uni that your emotions are heightened anyway. Yeah. Um, so looking back on that, I kind of look back and go, yeah, I can understand why that situation was like that. Mm. You know, you see all of these different things and it makes sense. Um, But definitely, I think people have, by that point, grown up a lot. And like you said, they've probably been on the receiving end of it themselves or have dealt with with people that have had it as well. Um, But yeah, it's just an interesting one on how once something's kind of happened to you, like the childhood trauma or any sort of trauma your brain constantly goes back to that all yeah. the time. And I even find that now at 23, I I still go back to that. Mm. Um, and I really have to kind of train my brain and my mind to not go back to that thought and that feeling and kind of reason with myself a little bit and say, hang on a minute, you know, you've been there before, but that's not the reality now. Yeah. Right. And how do you find that? So I would assume even things like going out to, like if you wanted to go to a, a show or a concert or whatever, would have been a big problem. Yeah. Can you do that sort of stuff now? You're quite happy. Yeah. I yeah. That. It's That's great. crazy the difference. Um, fantastic. Sometimes I do just think to myself, like, I wouldn't have been able to do this yeah. back then. No way. I remember being in the supermarket with my mum and she'd try and push me a little bit and say, look, can you go to this aisle and grab me this? Mm-hmm. And I would freeze. I couldn't do it. I just wanted to cry. And then she'd be like, okay, it's fine, don't worry. I just wanted to see if you could. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, yeah, like I'll just go get the shopping or, you know, you Love just don't that. even think about it. But no. it is a massive step and a massive change. Yeah. There's a, I think there's a number of ways people go um, when they have suffered this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And typically their compassion ends up being so much higher. Yeah. Um, their empathy for people is so much higher. So, you know, the, the sort of story, I've, I've had friends that have had massive problems and then end up um, being, going the counselling route. Yeah. So they, they do that as a profession Amazing. because they've been there and they know what it's like and know how powerful it was for them. Um, and I think that's really, it, it's, it shows that, you know, this is the reason I'm going to this or it might be a grievance thing or whatever it might be. But if you've dealt with a situation, you, you know firsthand that experience of what yeah. it's like. So I think that's it or often we get it this way with people going to the fitness industry mm-hmm. um but even then i've known you a little while you got into the fitness industry did a series of different courses yeah and then went into yoga yeah so yoga was like i remember speaking to you about it and you're like oh i really want to go into my yoga and i've it helps me um and the entire thing is around that yeah. empathy compassion mindfulness that kind of thing which is is evident um and it's a, it seems a very natural fit, which is great. So the very best yoga teachers, there mu- I always think this, there must be something behind that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because <laughs> you haven't got this wisdom for no reason. And I think, <laughs> and your ability to put it across is there for a reason. So um, tell us a little bit about your journey in yoga. Um, so it all started with body balance, if I'm totally honest. It was the first class I ever went to, mm-hmm. and I just fell in love with it. 
and I started doing it and did it every single week. That was kind of the light for me at university was coming home to do my uh, body balance class every single week. I didn't want to miss it. And if I missed it, I was gutted. Um, and then I decided... Let me pause you. Was it an issue for you at first going into the classes? Yeah. It was? Yeah. But So we you kind of sidle in and go to the back? Did you talk to the yeah. teacher about so it? Yeah, so the first time I went in, um, I went in with my both my mum and my dad. We all went together. And we walked in, and the room was just packed full of people. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, naturally, you just want to go to the back, but there was no space. <laughs> Fantastic. So we weren't quite at the front. So you but... taught the class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah straight away. <laughs> went straight into it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we weren't quite at the front, but we were close to it, mm-hmm. closer to it than I would have liked to have been. Yeah. Um, but we were there, and as soon as the instructor came in and started it, it was like, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. But... As soon as he started teaching it and I got into it, it was like my mind just went somewhere else. And it was the first time I think I've really felt that mind and body connection and awareness. Mm. And I was just obsessed with it, Um, obsessed with the feeling and how I felt afterwards. And yeah, from then on, it was just kind of like it seemed the perfect fit to go into that. And obviously, body balance has the whole yoga aspect to it. Yeah. Um, so it was just a natural progression from doing balance and then wanting to go into yoga. Mm. Uh, but it took me quite a while to get to the point of even going to yoga classes. And then when I did, I was like, yeah, I love this. This yeah. is what I want to go and do. So when, when you first got into doing, doing yoga, what sort of discipline did you go to? What sort of classes? So it was a vinyasa flow class. Okay. Um, so just continuous movement with breath. Um, and I've noticed that, and even my teachers, when I was in India, they kept saying to me, you don't breathe properly. And a lot of that came from anxiety. Um, because naturally with anxiety, you do a lot of shallow breathing. So I've really had to teach myself how to breathe properly Mm. from scratch almost. And I still struggle with it. But, um, yeah, that was really interesting. And the, the vinyasa flow is all about the breath and connecting the breath to each and every movement and yeah just finding that connection interesting so so yeah you you moved on to to india so in the gap between starting to do some classes and then ended up in india for the course like that wasn't obviously a overnight thing (laughs) yeah yeah it seems quite a jump so how did that how did that come to be because that's quite a quite a thing to to decide to do especially when you've got you know, you, you're only really on the path now and, and you're feeling a bit better, but it's still a, a, a yeah, step to yeah, make. Yeah, definitely. So I've been teaching for a little while, maybe about six or seven months. Mm-hmm. So still very new to teaching, but it massively grew my confidence. Standing up in front of a room full of people at the start, I felt sick doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that feeling that you get afterwards, which is insane. And it's just that adrenaline and that high that you just want to keep going and keep doing it. So that's what I did. And it was just, yeah, going along to these classes and teaching them, taking part, and then going along to yoga. And I got talking to the yoga instructor at the time and asked her where she did her training. And I was just kind of touching my feet in saying, I'm quite interested in doing my training for it. Where did you do it? How did you find it? And that's when I found out about India Mm -hmm. and Rishikesh. Um, And, yeah, it's just... It kind of went from there, but 
looking back, it seems like it was really quick, but actually it felt like a really long process. I really felt like I had to get comfortable with teaching first and get comfortable with, and not even comfortable, just confident in myself and start believing in myself and put any of those anxious thoughts aside before I could then start to progress and say, actually, I think I want to go and do this now. Mm. And that was, it was scary, really, really scary. Um, But I wouldn't change a single thing about it Mm. at all. And that probably wasn't even a year-long process from you starting to teach that was a six or seven year yeah, process, quite, really. Yeah, it was quite yeah. quick. Yeah. I mean, I think the the is the the focus there getting into that is probably I'm probably imagining in your head you're searching for something and suddenly it drops right in front of you when yeah, you go into a yoga yeah. class and now you've got this focus and this fixation on something and it felt very natural and comfortable for you. Mm. Um, tell me about India. It was just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was chaos. Chaos, intense, and just life-changing. Completely life-changing. Just the best experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how, were your, how would your days go? You were there for how a long? Month. A month. Mm-hmm. So how would your days go? So I remember you telling me when you got back that the first thing you ended up just being dropped off. <laughs> And there's like people everywhere and cows stopping traffic and stuff like this. So tell me a little bit about that. So it started really, I got off the plane at Delhi airport and people had warned me before I went that I was going to experience culture shock. But if I'm honest, I didn't really know what they meant because I've never traveled. I've never been that sort of person. The the furthest I've traveled was to uni and Mm. that was that. And so I was kind of like, okay, yeah, this culture shock, we'll see, we'll see what they mean. And I was told, just keep your head down. As soon as you get in the, in the taxi, just try and go to sleep. So I got to Delhi Airport and I had a taxi ar- uh, arranged for me. Couldn't find the taxi driver anywhere. <laughs> oh. And at this point, I didn't have any way of contacting anyone because I didn't have a SIM card for the phone. There was no Wi-Fi, absolutely nothing. And people were being like, come and get in the taxi, come and get in the taxi. And I was like, I can't. I need to just wait and yeah. wait this out hopefully they'll be there but at this point my head was going maybe this yoga school doesn't exist mm-hmm. maybe I've just flown all the way to India and I'm just stranded at the airport yeah. what am I going to do and even that in itself was quite a big thing because I just went on adrenaline totally a massive thing for you to through. overcome considering yeah, yeah I then finally found my taxi driver <laughs> got into the taxi and was like okay now I'm just going to go to sleep but I was so wrong we pulled out and I guess it's what their motorway is but there's no like there's no lines on the road like nothing mm-hmm. no order and you've got tuk-tuks going past cows and then you've got <laughs> mopeds with an entire family and their dog yes. just on there <laughs> And I was like, where am I? What is going on? Is this some parallel universe? And I think that's when the culture shock hit me. And then it was an eight-hour drive to Rishikesh. Oh, wow. Um, And, yeah, I did manage to sleep for some of it, but the driving out there, it's it's intense. So intense. There were so many times that there were just cows, and you'd think, okay, my taxi driver, he's going to have to go around them, or that cow's going to have to move. The cow wasn't moving anywhere. No. And then at the last minute, the taxi would swerve. You just felt so sick. It's mad. It's <laughs> yeah. madness. And then um, I finally arrived and I was told to get out of the taxi. We were here, but there was just this moped. And I was told to get onto the moped. But I still had all of my luggage with me, like giant suitcases. 
I was not getting on this moped. And then the next thing I know, my luggage has been piled up on it and they've picked me up and popped me on the moped. And this 12-year-old boy, like really, really young boy, is just driving me through the streets of Rishikesh. <laughs> oh, that's so what that I didn't point, know. I hadn't heard that story. Yeah. Wow. At that point, I was like, do you know what? Whatever. Go with it. <laughs> yeah. 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 If this is a parallel universe, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's madness. Yeah. So you get to... <laughs> right. So you get to the school. You're finally there. Yeah. You have like an orientation. How does how does the whole thing work from now? You're, are you bunked up in dorms? Are you have you got your own? Well, I, I can't imagine it. At so all, you so. could choose. You okay. could either share a room or you could have your own space. I opted for my own space mm-hmm. just because I thrive after I've been able to kind of be by myself for a while. Yes. And I thought I'm there for a month. You mm-hmm. don't know the type of people that you're going to experience this with. Um, Looking back, I probably would share now, but it was my first experience. I thought it would just be good just to have my own space. So that's what I did. They showed me to my room, told me how everything worked. It was really basic, and but still really homely. It was really nice. It was a really nice room. And then I was just told to be out where you have dinner for 7 o'clock, and that's where we would eat. And then I got out there for seven, met everyone, but we weren't allowed to talk. So we had to eat in silence and just practice being silent. So I think for everyone, that was a real challenge because we're just surrounded by loads of new people in this really unfamiliar place. But you can't talk. You can't get to know anyone. You're just sitting there eating. So that was really interesting. And for a while, I think all of us found that a challenge because... Was that every day? Yeah, every day. Yeah, we weren't allowed to talk. And then after you've eaten, you can't hang around either. You have to just go straight back to your room. It's really kind of a sacred time for them out there. So, yeah, there's no talking whatsoever. More towards the end, they were more lenient with it, I think, because they knew we were just so tired that we weren't really going to talk anyway. So they were just like, if you talk a bit, it's fine. (laughs) like that and then it, like in terms of you, you, you go in over to get qualified effectively anyway yeah, yeah. so were you given like learning materials you mm-hmm. had to, to is there certain criteria or is it a case of attendance and um, and participation and, and you're excelling in the classes and you are they're happy to sign you off have you got exams to do how yeah, does it how does exams. it work so you get given learning material you have a big orientation the next day and you're given a bag with manuals and for ashtanga vinyasa you've got a sheet that you follow it's okay. all kind of led out for you so we were given that to learn we were also given um, books on the sanskrit names of everything that we had to learn right. and we had to learn mantras as well because we chanted them every single day and so yeah that was a lot yeah. <laughs> when we were given that pack everyone was like what really? like we have to learn all a of bit this. more than I can chew, yeah. yeah, and in a month, it seemed like such a short space of time. And because we did it in February, it was a shorter month anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was overwhelming to begin with. But after that, you learn everything in the classes. It's so well laid out and you have a timetable that you completely stick to. And if you miss a class, you do miss key parts of information. So I think they definitely, definitely looked at our attendance but ultimately, it came down to our exam. So we had a practical exam and a theory exam. Okay. Wow. Okay. So um, 
In terms of that as well, so the, the school is a specific type of yoga school mm-hmm. or they do all sorts? Mine was a specific type. You can go to some that just do general yoga, mm-hmm. uh, but most of them have a specific type of yoga that they do or they'll do a couple of types of yoga. Okay. So my school did Hatha yoga, which is a lot more slow and gentle, really good for beginners mm-hmm. at yoga. It's all about really hold, like finding your breath and holding postures yeah so you really work all of the muscles but it's still very chilled and then the other yoga that we did was ashtanga vinyasa which is totally different a really energetic sweaty yoga workout which yeah i really enjoyed that i like that yeah (laughs) Yeah. i've done when i've done yoga that's the ones i've kind of enjoyed because i like the more aggressive style side of sort of the the movement you can feel the strength in your body yeah so much more i find and you can really see yourself progressing with it. And there's so many cool things you can do. So, yeah. We went to one, um, and it was, uh, it, I think it might have been Hathi, you know, because it was, it was, again, I was warned, it might be a bit more relaxed than you're used yeah. to and whatever. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's fine. It's still, but it still could be really intense because you're holding postures for a mm-hmm. long time. I was like, that's fine. I'm quite happy with that. And the majority of that session was, like, we had, like, a, um, like almost like a beanbag Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was a case of, right, so you're going to, as if you've got a pillow, right, you're going to curl up to this beanbag, right, one leg stacks on each other on the top, so you're laying on your side, put your arm over the beanbag, and now you're going to stay here for five minutes. And I was like, well, <laughs> it is technically holding the posture, but I'm lying down. Yeah, and I would, yeah. <laughs> so we did about six of these postures in a 40-minute yeah. class, and I was like, okay, I'm fully rested. Yeah, like, yeah. So I think a lot of it is interpretation or whatever, mm-hmm. but... Think, wow, it's okay. It's very different to what I thought. Very different to what I was used to with yeah, the vinyasa yeah. sort of flow, um, which I think is probably what people are considering when they think about yoga is that side of thing. So that or chanting, yeah, right? Yeah. So how did it feel when you went into chant? Because you'd done a lot of chanting before you no, left, or no? Nothing. Nothing. How was that? I found it really hard. Yes. Um, by the end of it, I actually really enjoyed it, and it's now the thing I miss the most. Okay. But at the start, it was just foreign to me. You know, we don't do that here. We don't chant before we eat food. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we did that three times a day. And every single time before we started a class, there would be a mantra to go with that class that we would sing. And we had to learn it. And then in the exam, we had to sing two of them by ourselves uh, and get examined on it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That takes a lot. That takes a lot yeah, to do. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. So in terms of that, then, as it, so they've all got meaning. The mantras all got meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, of the chanting, is there, a, is there a focus that you're supposed to, that goes along with that? Like you're supposed to be thinking of X, Y, or Z, or channeling X, Y, or Z, or are you trying to harmonize? Like what are you trying to do with those? Because so I don't know. It can be different for everyone. People mm-hmm. interpret it differently. Okay. And... For us, when we were out there, before a class, everyone was kind of buzzed and, you know, chatting and everything like this. As soon as we started chanting or singing a mantra, everyone just chilled out. Okay. So it really brought our focus. And out there, that was a big part of it, was just taking your focus to what you're going to do now and kind of putting you in the zone rather than being all over the place and, you know, how it is with all of that. But, yeah, so... But I think mantras can be taken however it feels right for you and your body. Mm-hmm. 
one of our teachers said that when she was younger, she used to have this fan on all of the time. And it got to winter and her dad wanted to take the fan away. But then she couldn't sleep without it because she'd got so used to this sound that that became her mantra for when she was going to go to sleep. I see. So it, it really is, is relative to everybody. I see. Okay. So, so that's, I mean, it sounds in, incredible. It's mm, like an amazing yeah, time. Yeah. Um, so you, you finished it. Do you know straight away you passed everything and you're good to go? We had to wait a day, which okay. was torture. Yeah. <laughs> Did you stick around or did you finish the last day and then you leave? Yeah, so literally after our ceremony, I left, Mm. went to the airport. I did that because I didn't know how I was going to be with the whole trip. And I thought, okay, if I know that as soon as the course finishes, I'm out of there, then I'll be okay. But now and when I was there, I really wish that I had given myself some time Mm. just to go and explore Rishikesh without the pressure of having to study yeah. or anything like that or just go and explore other parts of India. Yeah. I really wish that I had done that, but it was right for me at the time when I booked it yeah. and that helped me go to India in the yeah. first place knowing that I was coming home pretty soon after the course. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so how, how much how much would you be doing during the days? Would you be doing three or four classes? or would you be, how, Is that every day? Do you have days off? What, what was the story with that? So you'd start at 6 a.m., and our day would finish at 8 o'clock at night. Wow. But that wasn't all completely physical practice. Mm. We would do about four hours of physical practice, and the rest of that would be learning about the philosophy of yoga, anatomy, uh, alignment for different asanas, and also we had an hour of meditation, which was always the best bit, and that was our last last, uh, class. (laughs) Fantastic. And do you still practice that yourself now? Yeah, I find it difficult to hear. There's a lot of stimulation. Yeah, massively. Out there, it was just kind of, this is what we're doing. Mm. And it was just this really sacred and special time. So I'm really trying to incorporate that back into my life. Yeah. I teach meditation with my classes. So I can teach it a lot. Yeah. And I teach it almost every day, but it's very different to actually practicing it yourself. Yeah. And I've noticed that massive difference. And um, yeah, I think it's so beneficial. Yeah. Oh, yeah for sure. I think it's mm. just uh, almost especially here in the lives that we lead. I think yeah. it's so busy. You just said about the mantras before you go into a class. So before you start, it focuses you. Think about the typical member of a gym that comes in, hectic. They've gone and got the kids from school, dropped them back, sorted out dinner for them, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then they've you know, been flying out of work or whatever it might be, chuck your stuff in a locker, get changed, head into the class, chatting before, straight in. Mm. It, there's no time no. to focus the mind. Suddenly you're halfway through and that's when you're starting to relax into yeah. it. Yeah. And it's, um, I think it's really valuable. And meditation, just in and of itself, I mean, I think when, I've, I've done a little bit, not nearly what you've done, but I think just understanding 10 minutes of my own time Mm. like and it doesn't I think we're so conditioned to try and to try and achieve what we're trying to achieve yeah that you kind of go in oh I I can't do this I can't I've got these thoughts coming in but it's okay like you can just figure them out and let them move on yeah and understanding that discipline I think it does make you kind of go okay I'm just a part of a greater 
thing yeah. that's fine so not everything is the end of the world I've got that email to do but that's okay like it's I can deal with that and I think that's the sort of thing that that is useful for for so many people that consider they don't have time to do it it will make you way more productive just by having it. that time yeah. so it's it, it's an interesting and quite often as well people will say no I don't have time I don't have time but then they'll sit on social media yes so it's prioritize prioritizing that time yeah yeah, I agree. So um, you're back from India, mm-hmm. and then your next step was to kind of move into your own practice, so you're yeah. into your own business. So tell me about that. How's it going, first off? It's going really well. Yeah, Good. I'm really, really enjoying it. Good. I just I have so much love for it and so much love for yoga that I just want to share it with everyone and just spread the yoga love. <laughs> love that. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm trying to come away from gyms and do more community classes. One, because I like the fact that I would have more control over Mm -hmm. my classes. And also because when I was first told to go and do exercise, I didn't want to go into a gym. So if people can have a space that is a safe space away from the gym, that is still going to be moving their body, then I really want to be able to provide that for people. Yeah. And that's really important, yeah. I think one other thing that the community classes do is that typically they're they're obviously stationed in a community, so you're likely to get people from that community. So you're bonding those people that live next to each other as well. Yeah, exactly. It makes a big difference. They're more likely to come along with each other and to get to know people and open up to each other, which is way different to, to to a club. Yeah, um, sure. So where, where are you teaching right now? I'm teaching kind of all over. So I'm at David Lloyd's, mm-hmm. uh, Simply Gym, and I teach over in Wooten Bassett as well, um, at the hotel over there. And then in and around Swindon, so I'm at community uh, in the community in town centre, over at Freshbrook. Okay. So yeah, trying to get, trying to get out there. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That's really good. Um, we talked a little bit off air about the challenges that come along with it, like you know, we, we talked on air about the fact that, you know, it's a passion based industry that yeah. you want to spread and you want to make sure that people are enjoying it and, and they get into their exercise and so on. Um, but it is still physical mm-hmm. and a lot of physical work, especially classes, it, uh, they're draining. Yeah. So, and then you're thinking about planning this and sometimes depending on what type of person you are, you might not be able to plan it on paper. You might need to feel it and move. Yeah, and yeah. that sounds like you. Yeah. <laughs> So the difficulty comes with being exhausted. So how have you dealt with that going from working here? I'm talking we're at Blunsdon and doing shifts and doing the occasional class, then moving full time into doing that. How has that worked? I found it a challenge. And if I'm honest, I've not dealt with it probably the best way that I could deal with it. I always say to people that you need time for yourself. You need to put yourself first. Mm -hmm and just take time to chill out but I wasn't giving myself that time and it kind of all came to a head and I was just exhausted so now it's trying to find that balance and find the balance of yeah I really really love what I do and I really want to always think about it always research more and do more but in order to put my best foot forward I need that time to just chill out and have a break yeah and that's the thing. I'm sure it's the same with you, Stu. When you love what you do, you're always thinking. Like yes. You're always, yeah, there's always something else that you want to do. Or For sure. I, th- I think at times as well, it, it, you, 
you kind of struggle a little bit with almost feeling guilty yeah, if you're not yeah. doing something. Like I've got, I know people that will be like, oh, I never take any time off and blah, blah, blah. And, and actually, when I, the obvious one is a weekend, but there are times where I go, I haven't got any bookings on this Wednesday. I'm going to take that Wednesday. Mm. And a few years ago, I'd have been, can't possibly do that yeah. because, you know, you're not putting everything into the business or whatever. But actually, that meant that, Wednesday's given me fresh eyes and Thursday I come back to something and maybe a problem I was suffering with on Tuesday trying to figure out becomes easier for me to figure out Mm -hmm. on the Thursday yeah yeah. so it actually gives me it gives my business a chance to 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 breathe from me and lets me kind of go okay what how else could I approach this problem how could I look at marketing how could I whereas if you're constantly just banging away at it it's not gonna it doesn't doesn't figure out I think that's like it for every single job as well I think we live in this world now where everything is so fast paced Mm. and it's always about doing more what else can you give in your job role wherever that is you that you work yeah and people aren't taking that time to just slow down and just think for a second and yeah, that's really detrimental to our health physically and mentally as well. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that we chatted about earlier on was, was the fact that just because you are constantly busy mm-hmm. from six in the morning to late at night doesn't mean a, a, a direct correlation with success. Mm-hmm. Like to me, being able to say, actually, I'm going to take a four day weekend because I, I need it. That is the ability to do that is is, is kind of a, that's a real nod to well done, you're doing well. Because yeah. you can you can recognize it in yourself that you need that time. Um, it might be that you've taken annual leave from work to do that. But again, it's understand, you've got a better holistic understanding of yourself that I can't just keep on driving myself no, into the yeah. ground. And then, you know, you talked about earlier on, way back about bullying. Like, the, the fast-paced lifestyle we live now and the fact that we can pick up our phone and be connected to anybody on the planet uh, literally anybody scary. on the planet it is scary yeah. and you could send a message right now to if you want to you probably won't get it picked up but you could send it to jay-z right now <laughs> do you know what i mean he might see it he might not yeah <laughs> but you are physically connected you can do that straight away yeah. and that person could see your face see your picture see what you've just said <clears throat> and if that's poison that you're sending that way which probably more often than not mm. that's what it is yeah. it's very difficult to to get your head right and, and kids that are coming up now have never known a world, but that's not the case. I know. Never known a world where you, you go home and the people at school are at school. They're, they're, I'm done with yeah. that and, and I'll see them tomorrow. Line. Your phone line. Like. <laughs> yeah. So that's no longer a thing. Yeah. You don't leave that because now you go home and it's you're online straight away. You, you're available for the people if they want to. If they want to carry on that bully, and they can. And that's... Mm. I think that's a real, it's a difficult space to be in because at least you can go, like you just said, I need that time for myself. Yeah. If you're constantly struggling with something, and this doesn't have to be bullying, it might be that, you know, you're 14 years old and your first boyfriend, girlfriend, relationship, whatever that is, your first relationship has just ended, it's the end of the world, and that time at home on your own out of the way is what you need. You need it, yeah. And yet, 14-year-olds now, their first relationship ends and then it's constant blah 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 on, on whatsapp groups and yeah. whatever so it, even then it's hard i don't know you can mute them but who's doing that at 14 you're not yeah so it's a very tricky world we live in i think now and that inevitably with the understanding i think of people being more aware of mental health leads to whether the whether there's a greater prevalence of it i don't know or whether we're just more aware of it i don't yeah. know but i think it's it's definitely in the public's 
conscious at the moment that is realizing more of it which can only be a good thing definitely yeah I think we've come a long way with Mm. mental health when I was first diagnosed with it I felt like I couldn't tell anyone I felt like it was my dirty little secret that I had to just keep to myself whereas now like you said I don't know whether it is just that there is more of it Mm. or we're just more aware yeah but everyone is a lot more open yeah and the great thing was last Thursday, it was Mental Health Awareness Day. Yeah. And everywhere on social media was just this massive support for mental health. Yeah. And that was just incredible to see. At the same time, you also want to say, just step away from the phone. Yeah. And yeah. actually honor the day by giving yourself what you need. Yeah. And having that time to just check in with yourself. I always, in classes, ask people to check in with how they're feeling Mm. check in emotionally mentally and physically is there any pain anywhere and then we'll figure that out but it's just taking that step to check in with yourself that Mm. I think a lot of people have lost and it is because you can just check in with the world on social media yeah and forget about myself for a while exactly yeah and if you are struggling with stuff often that's the thing you want to do is uh, let me just put a pin in me for a bit and focus on what else is going on and it's um I think it's a very it's an easy thing to say, but but again, World Mental Health Day, fantastic. But what about the day after? Yeah. Still going on? Still Are we still on. diligently aware of it? Because most of the posts I saw were, if you see someone, ask them how they're doing. Because it might be that they're not okay. Mm-hmm. And that might be the one nudge that they needed to say, actually, I'm not okay. But what about the day after? Why don't we still ask them if they're okay? Because yeah. I think we, t- we tend to forget that. It's like, check the box, I've done that, and, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm aware of it, yet... Am I aware of it two months from now? Yeah. And um, chances are someone that you know has has something to talk about. So yeah. it's important that we open the dialogue, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's quite easy to post something, mm-hmm. but then do nothing yeah. with that. Yeah. So it is definitely, you know, we've come a long way, but I think we've still got quite a journey to go yeah. with mental health and spreading the awareness and breaking down that stigma of it. Yeah. So, yeah. It used to be a big stigma. It used to be a real big stigma. Yeah, yeah. It was like, well, that person's crazy then. And that's not the case. (laughs) That's how I felt. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're made to feel that way, though, as well. It's not the case. That's what, if you were seeing, I remember when I was growing up, it was, if you watch a a movie or whatever, and it was like, oh, that person's seeing a therapist. Like, oh, then, like, and that's, you can go in just for, like, in the same way that you might go for a massage. It might be cool just to go for an hour to talk to someone. It is becoming quite trendy. Yes. Which isn't a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. everyone should go and see a therapist. Why not? Why not? Because you've probably got something in your head that you might go, is that normal? Is that okay to be thinking that way? And Okay, yeah, it is. It's fine. Or it might just give you a different perspective on things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) So um, we're talking about the process and it not being a final process. Where are you now in terms of where you want to be? Like it could be mentally, it could be in your business. Where are you working towards right now? So now I'm mentally working towards finding that balance with work and life I'm taking a really big kind of step back at the moment and re-evaluating everything Mm -hmm. and just making sure that I'm doing everything for the right reason Um, so that's where I'm at there and then with my business I really want to start providing some online content for people that can't come to yoga classes or I've had a lot of people say to me this is really great, but I also want to do it at home. What can I do at home? Mm. So I'd love to be able to say, well, here you go. Here's some content 
Um, I don't know whether that's via a YouTube channel. I'm not, I haven't really figured out the logistics yet, but you know, something like that where people can just have that information and the classes where they can do it. Because again, it is about finding your safe space. And for some people that is at home, but still moving your body is a really good thing to do. Yeah. So if you can provide that for people to do in their own comfort, I think that's really special. Um, and then I just want to keep teaching and keep finding connections with people. Uh, and then I have plans to go to Thailand, not next year, but the year after to do some more yoga training and keep learning and keep growing with that. And my own practice is really important. I know India is really, really well known for yoga. Is Thailand the same? Um, I don't think it's as well known, but there is a really amazing island called Koh Samui, okay. and they've just got yoga everywhere, and Fantastic. it is just like this paradise island. So I debated going back to India, but I think it would be really interesting to travel somewhere else and see yeah. another part. Now I'm this seasoned traveller. <laughs> that's it, yeah, that's it. The big question though, do they have mopeds for you? I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've had enough. <laughs> Now, I'm going to tell you a real quick story about when I, I did a, um, a three-center stop for Technogym mm-hmm. and went to Asia for this. And, uh, and one of the stops was in Vietnam, in Ho Chi Minh City. And um, I will never, ever forget the mopeds in Ho Chi Minh City. So you could look at any street and it was just, as far as you could see, it was mopeds. Really? And people weaving in and out of each other, like you said. Yeah. Just everything, like families on there, like you've got grandma on the back and you've got a kid sitting in a footwell, like it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I don't get it. The balance is there. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. Um, one of my friends who lived there, um, and he comes back and forward, um, he said that he had, he was, as soon as he moved in over there, he was talking to someone else who was a friend of his and um, this guy ordered a, a big fish tank for his house. And this thing turned up on a moped. No. So it was balanced <laughs> on a moped. But you see people dropping boxes off the back and just parking up in the traffic and running through the traffic, yeah. picking the box back They've up. Got and no fear. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but this guy as well, he, was, he just walked across. Forget whether it's red, green, whatever, the lights. He just walked straight through the road. <laughs> and I've stopped at the path and said, hold on, you can't just... And he said, no, no, it's, it, as long as you always walk at the same pace, then they can <laughs> gauge you. This is what he said to me. <laughs> So he's walking through red lights or whatever, and he said, well, because I, as long as I'm not erratic and start running across the road, then they can't figure out where I am. And li- true to his word, same as putting your hand in, uh, you know, in a sea where there's loads of fish, they'll move around you, same deal. Really? Like, all the mopeds just zipped around him. Um, but there wow. are people driving the wrong way on the road. There are people driving on the paths. Like, yeah. I just could not get over it. And I could have sat and just watched this for hours because it was fascinating to watch. Oh, my gosh. So, but it worked. Yeah. Like, no one seemed That's to really have crashes or whatever. It worked. So I think it's, it's an interesting one. But I, you'll have an amazing time over there. Yeah, I'm looking um, forward to it. Good. And, and listen, it's, I've wanted to get you in for a while. I've been excited since you said you were coming to do this. And, um, and hopefully... Uh, you've enjoyed it yeah really enjoyed um, it thank you for having it's, me it's a pleasure and you're welcome back anytime I hopefully this one will, will really help people who kind of feel they might need to just again check in with themselves yeah, so definitely. Um, yeah. it's been it's been a really good one so guys thank you for listening um, and you can find Marcy at read name again you've got Freshbrook Freshbrook Town Centre and then Jim's around Jim's around Swindon yeah. cool 